Hi, this is Pastor Stephen. I am the pastor of New Beginning Church in Singapore. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this podcast will build your faith. Hope you grow deeper in the word of the Lord and know Him personally in much deeper way. Enjoy the message. God bless you. Okay, I don't plan this, um, but as we uh, sang that song, I surrender all. I think I moved to like just share of a little bit of testimony of what happened in the past two three months of of, of uh, what I've I went through. Okay, so well this month we talk about marketplace being in the market and to be the witness of Christ. And in workplace and whatever you do, you're a student, you are employees, you are the boss, you're a business owner, and to be the witness wherever you are. So the past two, three months have been like uh, trading something, trading stocks and all. And what happened two months ago, I cut a deal, so many of them. And okay, let's deal. And I paid the deposit to this person. And so I start selling these products and it's selling well. So, and I asked for deposit from all the buyers for me. They placed the deposit and I get the money, secure the, 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 uh, the deal, and yeah, here we go. Fast forward to like last week, I found out that the person who was selling the products to me was a scam. And uh, this is real stuff, okay? Was a scam, so she doesn't have the product. She didn't have anything. I paid deposit to her, but yet at the same time, I collected money from many people as a deposit too. So people are like chasing me. Where is my stuff? So I'm in trouble. My heart like really go into like stress mode, but yet learn to surrender. So learn to surrender to God. So. Last week, I was like, oh my God, I have to find this product because I have a moral obligation for those people who place deposit to me to actually deliver what I promised, right? So, but God, what I see, I experience God in the middle of these struggles. And I believe God is with all of us, with you and with me. I see how the hands of God to really work wonders, what the enemy used what the enemy meant for evil, the Bible says, God can use it for my good. So what happened within this one week, I managed to get a product and sell and secure it. But now, if I flash back, if there is no that person who scammed me, I wouldn't be able to start selling them. You know what I mean? I was somebody, but because of that goal, that person who scammed me, I managed to sell all the product, I still make some. What I want to share with you is sometimes the enemy meant for evil, but God can use it for good. It is different when you read the Bible and oh yeah, I know that first, but it's another thing when you experience it. God used something that what the enemy meant for evil and use it for your good. And now I see, ah, God, I get all these deals because of someone who scammed me. 
You, you, you just won't believe that how God works wonders. Every step of the way, God cares. God concerned with every one of us. Alright, so just, just a little testimony to just encourage whatever you struggle. Let's surrender a life. God cares. I, I listen about the testimony of Annie. The same thing happened. Every single step was arranged by God, which we do not understand back then, but now we understand now how the fingerprints of God works wonder every step of the way to bless us. But it takes our faith to keep on doing what we can do. I mean, so church today, let me give you my sermon title, Faith in the Marketplace. So first thing, what do Christians in the marketplace look like today? Let me ask you, what does, what do Christians in the workplace looks like today? You know, what can we identify Christians in the marketplace? Oh, I know that guy is Christian, that girl is Christian. How can we identify them as Christian? Could be they have developed a habit of hiding that they are fake? A lot of people, hey, don't tell our boss that I am a Christian, okay? Don't tell them. Okay, acting as if they are not, or acting as if, let's do a double agent, right? Some kind of like, hey, on Sunday, we are a super Christian, but on weekdays, we are like a notorious wild person in the marketplace. You know, most people, we can't identify that people in the office are Christian because they try to hide their faith. Are you a Christian actually? How do you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean too, I'm a Christian. Just keep it quiet, okay? Keep it, we better play it down in the office, okay? Because they will tag you. They will demand more. Oh, Yahoo. Have you learned that first? That, that word, oh, Yahoo, in, in, in Singapore, oh, Yahoo, they will tag you if you, they know you are a Christian in the marketplace. So it takes skill to hide our faith in the marketplace. Is it true or false? It's true. So is this a challenge people in the marketplace today when it comes to hiding our faith? Would the real Christian in this room wave your hand? Because, because why the real Christian is not to show off that you are wearing a cross pendant on your neck. A real Christian is not the one who preach the Bible verses to your colleagues in the office as if you are Mr. Holy or Miss Holy. No. The real Christian in the marketplace are the ones who conduct themselves in a manner worthy of the gospel Christ. Marketplace is not for you to preach to your colleague. Marketplace is not for you to share the gospel. You could, you can, you should, but first, but first conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let me show you the verse. Philippians chapter 1 verse 27. Whatever happens, meaning whatever did you do, whatever you are, whatever happened, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. 
But you will ask, aren't we supposed to actually be a witness for Christ in the marketplace, in wherever we are? Yes, but first, selfie. I mean, but first, but first, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, go ahead. Go ahead, be the preaching machine man to your colleague. First, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. Amen, church? Because how we live our lives and how we perform in the workplace precede our ministry in the marketplace. Proceed. First, conduct yourself. Then, you can share the gospel. How we live our life and how we perform at work should precede our ministry in the workplace. People are like saying, hey, if you don't live it, you can lead people to it. If you don't live your life in the manner worthy of the gospel, you can lead people to the gospel. As simple as that. If you conduct, if you conduct your manner, your life, your performance at work, at school or wherever you are in, does not reflect as a true follower for Christ, then whatever you share about Christ has no weightage to them. In fact, it is a disturbing noise. Uh, I don't want to hear him or her. It's disturbing because your performance simply sloppy. Our ministry should start with our life. How many of you agree? Our ministry should start with our lives, with our daily lives. What you do with your life and how you live your life. And uh, this, is, this is logical because Jesus spent most of his life, his silent years, as a carpenter, as a son of carpenter, and as a carpenter himself. When Jesus started his full-time ministry later on, then, okay, people wonder and ask, isn't he the carpenter? I want all of you to think now and imagine. What if Jesus, who was a carpenter himself, did a sloppy job, cheat people's money, and deliver a lousy, sloppy carpenter works? Do you think, do you think, his ministry after that three years ministry will make an impact for people? No. People will like scoff and walk off. Hey, don't talk about God to me. He cheats my mind. Don't talk about God to me. He didn't deliver what he promised. You delivered sloppy carpentry works. Our ministry should start in how we live our lives and how we perform. I believe there is an opportunity. Opportunity will present itself for you to share the gospel when the way you live your life represents the gospel itself. Three years is enough for Jesus. And I believe three minutes, 30 minutes is enough for all of us to share the gospel if our works, our life match to the gospel that we are about to preach. So, 
Like for example, we 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 are we are nobody in the marketplace. We are nobody in the marketplace. We cannot preach to them right away. It's different when you are preaching in the church. Like I'm preaching to you right now. I'm sharing with you right now because I have a role to play. I have so-called a position as associate pastor to speak to you, preach to you, and you have no choice, right? Correct. You have no choice but to listen to me. But if I'm in a marketplace, I am nobody to anybody. They won't listen. Ministry should start and how we live our lives and how I perform. Amen. How we live our life and how we perform at work precede our ministry in the marketplace. Or in other words, ministry should start on how we live our life and how we perform. Should start there. So today I want to show you very quickly one character in the Bible that proves us one thing. Proves us that we preach the gospel by how we live our lives and how we perform. The way we preach it, by showing how we live and how we perform. And that person is nothing, nobody other than Daniel. In fact, Daniel preached nothing about God, but yet the king he served and the entire country acknowledged that Daniel's God is above any other gods without any preaching. How? How is that possible? Let me give you the background story. Daniel was a young boy. How many of you are 13, 14, 15 years old uh, this year? How many of you? Uncle Sonny and one? <laughs> Jethro is 13, 13. Yeah, so Daniel, when he entered Babylon, was at 15 years old. Daniel was about 15 when he entered Babylon. He was an exile from Judah. He entered Babylon. And Babylon was not an angel, a city of angels, no. In fact, it is quite a dark city to live in. A pagan country that worships pagan's God. It's, it's, so Daniel is the perfect example how we can keep our faith in the marketplace. When Daniel and his friend, as you know, entered Babylon as an exile, for three years they were to be fed with the king's food and trained in king's ways until after three years they will stand up before the king and enter their service. But this fact to Daniel was again against his conscience that will defy himself, he uh, defy himself uh, uh, with the relationship with God, God problem because Today his conscience said, I can't take the king's food. His conscience, his conscience says he will defile himself and he, with his God. So let me just uh, bring you to Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. So we'll study a little bit and you will see how Daniel preached the gospel, be the witness in the marketplace. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 to 9. But Daniel purposed himself in the heart not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Church, 
Then he hold on tight to his belief, to his values, to what he is, his belief is with the relationship with his God. He do not want to defile himself and affect his relationship with God. To eat the king's meat and wine was some sort of like requirements. Hey, you want this job as an exile? You got to eat and do it my way. But it will defile himself. So the point that I want to highlight to you is Daniel didn't reject and despise what being asked of him. But he requested the person in charge with respect. That he will not be able to fulfill this because it's against his belief and his values. My point is, in the workplace, in the marketplace, we will have different system, different belief with others. Either we accept their values or we take a stand on what you believe. And the way how we excuse ourselves makes all the difference. If you despise the requirements, you'll be in trouble. But we can request, just like Daniel, Daniel present his request to be excused from the requirement with respect. So what my point is, if you don't take a stand on your belief and you would rather hide your faith, you are most likely adopt the belief and values of others around you. People around you will say, hey, everyone is doing it in this place. In this office, you got to do this. You got a little bit sneaky, a little bit. You will adopt that kind of values if you don't take a stand. I'm telling you, temptation in the marketplace, in the workplace, are great, greater than you can imagine. To defile, temptation to defile yourself, temptation to, to, to bribe, to just make money, to cheat, to compromise yourself, to take shortcut, to flirt around, to sleep around, just to get something. That's what happened in the marketplace. But we need to take a stand and we need to excuse ourselves with respect. With respect. So let's move on. Daniel chapter 1 verse 18 this is good stuff at the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service after three years okay the chief official presented them to the king Nebuchadnezzar verse 19 the king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel Hananiah Messiah and Zariah so they entered the king's service verse 20 check it out in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times, honey, ten times better than all the magicians and enchanter in his whole kingdom. Church, if you take a stand on your faith, you will stand out among men. If you take a stand on your faith, you don't hide your faith, you take a stand Excuse yourself with respect. This is my values. This is what I believe. If you take a stand on your faith, you will stand out among men. When I read this verse, that Daniel and his three friends be ten times smarter than the rest of the people, I was like wondering what happened. 
I believe it's nothing to do with the food because the food only caused them to be like better in appearance like but nothing to do with the food it's something to do with the first thing that Daniel did when he entered Bethlehem that is what that is what he will not defile himself he will not defile himself in another word he feel God more than he fear men he feel God more than he fear the king himself that is the key element why Daniel is ten times smarter it's not about the food and it proves and this reasoning is in sync with the Bible verse found in Proverbs chapter 9 the fear of the Lord is what the beginning of wisdom is in sync with this and I prove it to you the first who gave wisdom to Daniel who gave wisdom and understanding and knowledge to Daniel show you the verse Daniel chapter 1 verse 17 to these four young men God gave knowledge and understanding it's not about the food of all kind of literature and learning and Daniel could understand vision and dreams of all kind now, the next verse Daniel chapter 1 verse 9 now God has caused the official to show what favor and compassion to Daniel it is the key element why Daniel stand out is because he do not want to defile himself he want he feel God more than he fear so my question to you and to me when we enter the marketplace do we have fear of God or we have fear of men or what do we have in our heart we will just do anything to defile ourselves or compromise God's standard of living for our life or we hold on and we do it with respect to others when God when we have God on our side church this is what will happen okay I fast forward Daniel's story okay I, I hope you follow me right I fast forward Daniel's story to Daniel chapter 2 this is what happened when God is on your side right Daniel chapter 2 verse 46 the king Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel meaning bow down and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense to be presented to Daniel the king said to Daniel surely your God is the God of gods and Lord kings and revealers of mysteries for you were able for you were able to reveal this mystery then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him he made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men so that's what happened when God is on your side when you have that fear of the Lord in your heart so today I want to share why Daniel was so special until the king bowed down at him. Why? I'll share with you. Was it because of his faith alone or also because of his action in the workplace? 
As you know, faith without action is dead. My question is, what about faith plus action equal to power? Power to succeed. Whether you are in school, whether you are workplace, whatever you do, whether you are a business owner, you are a student, whether you are an employee, whether you are a mother, when you have faith plus action equal power. So very quickly, Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Now, okay, fast forward. Are you guys following? Alright, so now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by, everybody say by what? His exceptional qualities. I want to just say it out loud. I know you guys are wearing masks, so it's fine. Okay? Daniel so distinguished by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom at this the administrator and the satrap. Satraps means official, right? Tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was, number one, trustworthy and neither corrupt, number two, nor negligent. Finally, this man said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. You know, because his exceptional qualities, the three things that I want to share with you, the king wanted Daniel to be number two out of 120 people, officials, he's number two. But the jealousy and the envy of the colleagues and the official, the satraps, arouse and try to track him. Right? So instead of finding some flaws, they discover three exceptional qualities in Daniel's life. The three core values in Daniel's life that is trustworthy, he's not corrupt, and not negligent. So today, this is one I share three exceptional qualities in the marketplace today as a Christian. Okay, number one, very quickly, trustworthy. Trustworthy start with us being what? Being faithful and responsible with the small things in our hands. You know, we want all of us, me inclusive, okay? I want to win big, I want to earn big. I want to handle big things. But then, a lot of us, sometimes, we despise the small things in our hands and we are so jealous with other things, with other people who win big. We always jealous with someone else's success, but we despise, and so we despise the small thing in our hands. Listen, church, this is, if you have something to take note, write this down. Okay, what I'm about to say. If you are too big to handle the little things in your hands, then you are too small to handle the big things that God has prepared for you. Let me repeat it again. If you are too big to handle the little thing in your hand, then you are too small to handle the big thing God has 
prepare. Every big thing starts small. Be faithful and responsible. That's what makes Daniel trustworthy. The second one, the, the second exceptional qualities in Daniel's life, no corruption. It means integrity. He had integrity. Integrity, it means soundness, completeness, wholeness. Integrity speaks about moral, moral strength, honesty, incorruptibility. Integrity is a choice between convenient and what is right. That's integrity. Simple as that. You want to cut and make the deal fast, you just do shortcut. You bribe. Or you do what is right. Let me give you a real world example, okay? This is a true story. Long time ago, I know someone who was a, a manager in a company. So he managed everything from purchasing, marketing, and selling the products. And treated the company, he corrupt every single purchases he made for the company. So, of course, the boss sacked him from that position. But not only that, almost most of the uh, people in the industry know what happened. This guy cheated. And the church he went to knows what happened. So he left the company and he left the church. So now, 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 right? I know God is a God of second chance, right? God can give you, can give him a second chance to recover and bless him again. But my question is, is the boss, the boss of second chance to give him another second chance? for him to be a manager and handle his company's money again? No. My point is, if you lose your integrity, you lose everything in your hands. The third one, the third exceptional qualities in Danny's life that we need to have when we enter marketplace is not negligence, meaning we need to be excellence. You know, when Daniel was given a job to do, the king knew that it will be done with excellence and nothing will be left undone. The first said there is no negligence. Meaning, if let's say you're given a task, you just don't complete the task, you complete it with excellence, with what? It's need, it's more than required, that's excellence. God's people, all of us, Christians, should give their best in the workplace. I'm not saying that you have to be the best in the marketplace, you have to be the best in the company. I'm saying you have to be the best version of yourself in that marketplace. Just be the best of yourself. If you are a student, you better prepare ahead of the exam and score well. If you are a salesperson, you better actually pitch properly and not just close the deal, but really deliver your products, make your customer happy and wants to return. If you are the boss, make sure you be the best version of being a boss. 
So three exceptional qualities Dennis possess. Number one is trustworthy. Number two, church, what is that? Integrity, you have to have integrity. Number three, excellence. And I want to end this. So the official, the colleagues, the satraps, the administrators, other people who are not promoted, they knew Daniel was faithful to God. And no one can find fault in Daniel's life except his what? His devotion to God. And the only way to trap Daniel is has something to do with his religion. So they went to the king and tried to trick the king and play with his pride. Hey king, from now on, nobody worship anybody or anything except you. So the king agreed and then he made the decree. He released, he issued the decree. Nobody worship anyone, anything except me. But that was a trick by the official. If the king knew that Daniel will have problem, he will not issue the decree. So to cut the story short, Daniel was caught worshiping his God and put into lion's dance. You know the story, right? All right. So my point is, even if you have three, you find three exceptional qualities in a marketplace, we still need God on our side. You think you can manage just because you have this? No, you don't. We still need God to be on our side. When Daniel was in trouble, put it in the lion's den. Do you know what comes to his rescue? Of course, God. But I want to give you a highlight. What happened? You know, the fear of the Lord, in the beginning I said, the fear of the Lord is the one who gives you favor. I showed you the first, right? But I want, it, I want to show you something, what favor does to us, to Daniel. I showed you the first. This is what favor. Right, excellent just now. Do you see a man who excels in his work? Let me, let me just go back. He will stand before king. He will not stand before unknown man. Okay, that's my previous point. Let me just fast forward. Okay, this is what the favor of God does to us. Let me read to you. Okay, the fear of God causes us to have favor. And this is what favor of God Favor of God not only make the boss to like you, but favor of God is the one. I read this Psalm, 8, Psalm chapter 5, verse 2. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor like a shield. I want you guys to imagine, okay? Then he was put into lines then. And, right? and the favor of God was with him and works like a shield. No wonder the lion didn't eat it. Like a shield. The favor of God not only make your boss, your colleagues to like you, make the lions like you. Otherwise they were eating. They like you. And let me close with this. I want you to just notice, okay, the reaction of the king when he found out that Daniel was in trouble, put into lion's den. Daniel chapter 6, you read it at home, okay? I just want to finish this chapter, this, this sermon very quickly. This is what the king reacted. The king was greatly distressed and determined to rescue Daniel. Remember, these kings are pagan kings. They don't, didn't believe in God. 
Okay? They worship pagan gods. The king prayed, May your God, whom you serve you, whom you serve, will save you there. Okay? And the king didn't sleep and he fasted the entire night, wishing Daniel will be saved. My, my, my point is, how could it be possible for your employer, for your boss, for your king to pray and to fast for your safety and for your well-being? How? And the next morning, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. Daniel, are you safe? He lifted Daniel's up. You don't need to preach the gospel in the marketplace, but show it with your life. Show it with your performance. Enter the marketplace with the fear of the Lord. The favor of God is upon you. Let me close with Daniel chapter 6, verse 25. This is a different king. Okay? Daniel stand before king. There are four kings that Daniel serve, not just one king. King Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, King Darius, and Cyrus. This is King Darius. The King Darius wrote to all nations and people of every language in all the earth, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed, his dominion will never end. He rescued and he saved. He performed signs and wonders in the heaven and on earth. He had rescued Daniel from the power of the light. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and reign of Cyrus. The passion two kings highlighted here. The king testified about Daniel's and interestingly, interestingly church, Daniel preached nothing about God at work. He entered the marketplace with the fear of God and he reflect his faith to his values, trustworthy, integrity, and excellence. This is what all Christians, you and me, should do when we enter the marketplace. Amen. Fear of God, trustworthy, have integrity, and excel in whatever you do. Amen, church? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We surrender everything. We surrender everything, O oh God. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You know the end from the beginning. You know the beginning from the end. You know our lives, whatever that we go through, every process that we need to take, God, you are with us. We want to be your witness and want to become the light of soul in whatever place you have placed us. And so I pray for every man and woman in this room to have the fear of the Lord in their heart and to conduct themselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of the, of the gospel of Christ. Help us to be trustworthy full of integrity and to be excellent in our work, O oh God. Thank you for your favor upon us. Seal us with your favor. Seal us with your favor. Let us stand before the Lord. As we sing this song, surrender all.
as their witness. Thank you. Seal us with your favor, oh God. I pray for every person in this room. Let us surrender as we sing the songs to, to God. Know that God is here. God is in your life. Thank you for joining us. Hope you have been blessed. This podcast is made possible by generous giving people like you. If you want to support us, please visit us at www.nbcsingapore.org www.nbcsingapore.org God bless you.